And now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show, bright and early on a Tuesday morning. Good morning to you all. Thank you for starting your day with the Tim Donnelly Show. I'm Tim Donnelly, live inside the Mockadoo studio. All of our guests and callers will join us on the Baker Team Hotline. That's 540-639-4900. I would also argue, though, it's not really bright and early right now. Bright bright and early is a mindset. A mindset? It's a mindset. It's got nothing to do with the sunrise. It is a mindset. Um, and do you, do, actually, do you know what? It's bright and early here. It's bright and early for me and you. Uh, in, in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans, Louisiana, it's still late night. It is still – they're still out partying somewhere Joe Burrow has a cigar in his mouth <laughs> right now because the Louisiana State University Tigers – go Tigers – have found a way to win a national championship, and I think you guys will uh, not be surprised to learn that our Gotcha Covered segment, the thing that you are going to need uh, to be caught up on to talk about it at happy hour, the PTA meeting, at the water cooler, definitely starts with LSU. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And the college football season is officially, officially, no doubt about it, over. The LSU Tigers are champions. Coach Orgeron, and oh, I bet you he's eating some gumbo right now, and, and Joe Burrow smoking a cigar after the game in full uniform. Here's what you want to say when everyone brings up LSU. It's real simple. Joe Burrow might have just had the greatest season in the history of college football for a single player. 60 touchdowns, Heisman Trophy, national championship, check, check, check. Uh, It it truly is one of the most out-of-nowhere performances that I can remember simply because if you look at the end of last year, he was an undrafted prospect, not expected to go in the NFL draft. Right now, if you don't take him number one overall out of the draft-eligible players, you're crazy. The Cincinnati Bengals were watching that game in the six touchdowns and watching him dismantle the Clemson defense and thinking, you know what? I could see him wearing orange and black for the next 15, 20 years. He looked that good. Uh, A lot of really, really good stories there, but none better than Joe Burrow going from and also ran to the premier player in the country. The Hokies are going to go ahead and play Wake Forest tonight in men's basketball. How about this one, everybody? Wake Forest is an ACC opponent with a winning record, 8-7. They're bringing in three different players, averaging double figures in Childress, Brown, and Saar. They are a team that has beaten some ACC teams. And for the Virginia Tech Hokies, you want to go ahead and say, this is a game that you expect to win. I didn't know there was going to be a single ACC game all year a couple of months ago that I would go in saying, if you don't win this game, Virginia Tech, it is a disappointment. However, with the way they've played, with the way they've set themselves up already with a 3-2 and record in the Atlantic Coast Conference, already with wins over teams like Michigan State, already playing above and beyond what we expected, this game, if they do not win, becomes a disappointment appointment so you're on the road at wake forest but danny manning's team doesn't scare anybody 
Make sure you play big because Sar is seven feet, uh, and you're going to need big games out of P.J. Horn, big games out of John Ogiaco, and you're going to need Tyrese Radford to continue to play above his height. But those things have become expected out of the Hokies. And, oh, by the way, if you're looking at some other statistics, Wake Forest is allowing 39.3% shooting, which is dead last, best for their opponents in conference from the three-point line. You may have heard that the Virginia Tech Hokies like to sling it around as well from the arc. And also, the craziest, wildest story to come out of sports in the last 24 hours. The Astros have been thrown the baby book at. The, the, the commissioner's office, Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball, has suspended uh, both the manager and general manager of the Astros in accordance with their cheating scandal. Not only that, the Astros have been forced to pay a $5 million fine, the maximum that the Major League Baseball offices are allowed to levy. Not only that, but the Astros have been forced to forfeit their first and second round draft picks, and not just the 2022 draft, but the 2021 draft as well. And I'm going to put it real simple for everybody, and you can go ahead and use this. There is not a baseball team on the planet that if morals and ethics were not a thing, right? if they didn't have to worry about being able to close their eyes and sleep at night, wouldn't, on the up and up, trade a, a suspension with your manager and general manager, $5 million and a couple draft picks, for the type of success that the Astros have had in the last few seasons. By the way, this cheating scandal does stretch out into the World Series. So the other thing that you want to point out is how many other people this affected. And this is where the morals and ethics comes into play. Here's the deal. The Dodgers lost the 2017 World Series. Because of that, we think many of their players, Clayton Kershaw uh, as the, the feature, can't win the big game. Maybe they can. They were just being cheated against. There are pitchers that went into negotiations with worse statistics because they got lit up by the Astros. They had money taken out of their pocket by their opponent cheating. There were managers that lost games because they couldn't beat the Astros because the Astros were cheating. This is not a scandal that starts and ends inside the Houston clubhouse. This is a scandal that continues on and, and spiders out all over Major League Baseball, which is why I believe they actually got let off easy. Here's the deal, everybody. We will get to that, that cheating scandal later on in the show. Um, but first, we do have to talk about Louisiana State University. Go Tigers! Coming out of the national championship with a victory. Joe Burrow, Ed Orgeron, Grant Delpit, Jefferson, Chase. They were really good. They were really good. Correction. I actually need to correct myself there. Got ahead of myself. Uh, we're not talking about the national championship quite yet. Right now it's time because it's Tuesday for a little top three action. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. Here's your top three. And you can go ahead and, and guess that uh, you can go ahead and guess that the national championship might be on this list. But with last night, with the, the national championship, the 2019 college football season is completely finished. 
Wah, wah, wah. Right, a little, little sad music, right? All good things must come to an end. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened, right? Give, give, give college football season its, its break. Um, but, but it's also a time for reflection, right? It's also a time for reflection. After the game, Joe Burrow was asked if, if he had a chance to look back on all the things that he has done this season, from the, the billion touchdown passes to the seven in the first half of the semifinal against Oklahoma to the Heisman Trophy to all of the, the interviews to the national championship. And he basically said, no, we're going to celebrate for a couple days before we start reflecting. Unfortunately for the rest of us, we don't have a national championship to celebrate, so we can start reflecting right away. And with that comes the best moments of the college football season. The best moments of the 2019, uh, and I guess barely into 2020 college football season, starting with number three. Auburn beats Oregon week one. Now you want to. This is how um uh, normally I I I talk about um this is how normally I talk about the uh, like a trip right. What does everyone say if you go for a long weekend to to visit friends family right on Sunday they always go. Gosh, it went by so quick, right? Hey, oh, it feels like we we blinked in this whole. You look forward to this weekend for so long and you blink and it's gone. I feel like that's kind of what happened with the college football season. But, but at the same time, I always say, yeah, but think about, and I say the first thing we did, right? Think about the drinks we went out to get Friday night. And it seems like so long and ago. And it's like, holy cow, it feels like it's two years ago. We've, we've done so much, right? It's like it, it went by quick, but at the same time, it feels like the beginning was a long time ago. It's one of those weird tricks that our brains play on us. So college football season, yes, it feels like 20 minutes ago, we were, we were getting ready for the Hokies to open the season at Boston College, right? And, and Ryan Willis was the quarterback, right? It feels like that was 20 minutes ago. But if you think back to, to individual games, right, whether it is the, the Boston College-Virginia Tech game, whether it is the switch to Hendon Hooker, or, or if you're college football as a whole, you look at that Auburn-Oregon game, which was two top – Teams in the country matching up early in the season. Bo Nix, a true freshman for Auburn, leading a comeback against Oregon. Uh, it was crazy. Justin Herbert was a presumed top five pick at the time. Uh, it ended up having playoff implications because uh, Oregon didn't get into the playoff and, and and fell out late. It was it was a really really fun game that came down to the wire, and I think it was a bit of a microcosm for what the college football season was this year which was uh, a lot of what we expected didn't happen, but it was still really entertaining, right? We all expected Tua and Alabama. That didn't happen, but it was still really entertaining. Number two. South Carolina beating Georgia. I'm a sucker for an upset. I am a, an absolute sucker for an underdog story. Uh, South Carolina beating Georgia, probably the biggest upset of the year, uh, probably the biggest surprise of the year. Georgia was a top-five team. South Carolina had lost to North Carolina, was not very good, was getting pushed around by teams that did not have the pedigree of Georgia. And then on top of that, there's the, the added element of, of, of Holinsky, Ryan Holinsky, the quarterback of South Carolina 
whose brother was a quarterback at Washington State. And I know many of you you know the story, um, but but there was uh, there was a, a suicide committed by his brother who was getting ready to take over the starting job at Washington State. And since then, his parents have started the Helinski's Hope uh, Helinski's Hope charity uh, to promote mental health in college athletics. And and Ryan Helinski is is doing a lot for that cause while also playing you know, quarterback in the SEC for South Carolina and watching him have that moment of success was, uh, was, was moving. So that's number two and number one. Joe Burrow's rise. Joe Burrow's dramatic ascendant rise from a player who a season ago was good but not great at LSU to a player who arguably turned in the greatest season in the history of college football. Seven touchdowns and a half against Oklahoma. Six touchdowns in a dominant victory over Clemson in the national championship game. Beating Alabama with Tua. Right there, there's, there's nothing left on this guy's checklist. He was adding checklist things at the end, right? He was going, uh, okay, we did it all uh, six touchdowns instead, instead of four. Uh, okay, uh, what about seven in the first half? Like, it, it just was dramatic. It was impressive. Um, remind me a lot of Tony Romo, which which is a uh, a huge positive. He's going to be the first overall draft pick, and um, and he deserves it. And and watching him rise was was pretty fun last night being the culmination of those efforts. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll dive more into the culmination of those efforts, that national championship game where the Tigers beat the Tigers. Stick around. He can't change the rules, but he has a microphone. Tim Donnelly is the sports dictator. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley WRAD Radio Network. 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM as well. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers Join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. And speaking of the Mockadoos studio, I am going to be in the real Blacksburg Mockadoos, out there enjoying the food, drink, atmosphere, getting you set for the Hokies. Uh, That's going to be tonight at 7.30 to 8.30 for the the, uh, 105.3 The Bear, Virginia Tech tailgate show, 105.3 The Bear being one of our sister stations, and the flagship for Virginia Tech Athletics. So I'll give you an hour of table setting, an hour of preview for the Hokies, turn things over to the IMG Learfield pregame show, where, uh, by the way, John Laser hosting it with Mike Burnup. Uh, for those of you that didn't catch it yesterday, Mike Burnup, uh, longtime Hokie broadcaster, uh, Hokie Hall of Famer, genuine good dude, um, he was named the Virginia Broadcaster of the Year yesterday. So uh, so Mike Burnup will be on the, the uh, IMG Learfield pregame show. And uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll get a chance to say congratulations to, to him for um, being the, you know, the head honcho in the state of Virginia this year. Let's talk national championship. I want to be clear on this. And I want to say this in, in as plain English as possible. LSU is the best team in the country. Sometimes at the end of a season, there's still, you know, two or three other teams saying, oh, we didn't get a shot at him. No one has a gripe. LSU operated in a way that left no doubt that they are the best team in the country. Ohio State, you don't have a real gripe. Even, even, even if 
you go back and you say, oh, there were two referees calls that kept Ohio State from beating Clemson. You were right on top of Clemson. That was the most competitive uh, semifinal we've seen in a while. And and Clemson didn't stick with LSU. LSU was what the final score showed them, better than Clemson, better than Ohio State, better than Alabama, better than Oregon, better than Utah, better than Georgia, better than uh, Oklahoma, better than everybody. Right? They, they, there were... Um, there were very little questions left to answer with the last question being, could they beat Clemson? And, and they did handily. There were shades of a little Mahomes chiefs in the, in, in the national championship game, as far as getting down early and then saying, Oh, we have the most high powered offense that you could possibly believe. Go ahead and watch us crank this thing up to 11 and it's going to coast. Coach O has found his situation. This is what I, this is what I'm talking about. When I say that that um, sometimes you're not better or worse, you're or worse, you're just in a different situation. Uh, Coach Orgeron shtick, and I don't even know if it's a shtick as much as uh, Coach Orgeron's personality, doesn't play everywhere. If he were coaching at Virginia Tech and every house he went to on a recruiting visit, the first thing he said was, "Nice to meet you. Where's the gumbo?" Which he like he'll openly say if he goes on twenty recruiting visits he expects twenty gumbos like uh, that doesn't play everywhere the Bayou Swamp monsterness to his personality doesn't play everywhere but at LSU it plays like Yo Yo Ma plays the cello it plays like Lobro plays what's your favorite video game uh that that don't know place just say PlayStation all encompassing. No, I need a game. Call of Duty. I don't there know. you go. It plays like Lobro plays PlayStation. You still said PlayStation after I said Call of Duty. Well, I I, I, I was letting you choose. Uh-huh. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. What LSU was able to do from making Ed Orgeron fit to bringing in Joe, Joe Burrow to recognizing a flaw in Clemson's defense in the cornerback number eight. Terrell, and and beating Clemson over the head with it, finding Jamar Chase down the line, finding Jamar Chase down the line, finding Jamar Chase down the line, is is what great teams do. In the postgame press conference, Joe Burrow said flat out, he goes, I walked off the field after our second drive, and I said, I guess they're actually going to try to guard Chase one-on-one. And he goes, and from that point on, we went to him often. Right? Those are the types of recognitions, in-game adjustments that, that made LSU what they are. So I'm not sitting here being hyperbolic. I'm not sitting here being, being crazy. I'm sitting here saying this season the best team in the country was LSU, and it really wasn't that close. And there's really little to argue. And it really comes down to them having a coach that was coaching better than everyone else, Players that were playing better than everyone else and 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 confidence that made it obvious. We're going to keep talking about this game when we come back. Uh, some conversation between Lawrence and Burrow when we return. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Lobro's looking at me with a smirk. I don't know, just thunderstruck. It just seems like it's a it's much longer intro than I remember. 
Everything has a much longer intro than you remember. Apparently, you never remember intros. What do you mean? Every, never every, remember intros. Bruce Springsteen, you're always sitting there going, oh, it's a long intro. This one, you're going, oh, it's a long intro. Every, oh, yeah. every Bruce- song, you're like, oh, it's a long intro. As, oh. if, as if songs don't have introductions. That one's definitely a better intro than there, Bruce. Because Bruce are, just sits there and talks to an audience that you can't see. There are very few songs that start in the first 10 seconds with the chorus, which is, I think, what you want. No, it's not what I want at all. You want you want Green Day. Two minutes and 12 <laughs> seconds of catchy yelling. <laughs> it's in, it's out, it's over. Hey, man. Sometimes it's hard to sit through, like, really long songs. You got to appreciate it, man. Like, I watch, you got to listen like it's on vinyl. It's not about how long the song is. You're going to listen to all, the, the whole side back-to-back anyway. I don't think I've ever listened to a vinyl I'll bring it in. I have a portable player and some good some good records. I've got to I've got to bring I've got to actually get one. They've got like some on sale at some store. I need to like get like a little vinyl player. It's really nice. It's like a little looks like a little suitcase. It just yeah, opens that's up. I, that's They're pretty exactly awesome. What, I have. what what record would you bring in? I've got plenty. Um, like well, what would be what would be the choice record? Well, I, I I have to ask you your 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 taste. More of a rock guy. So uh like what would be if you wanted to get me into vinyl, what would you bring in? We my my wife is is huge Queen fan. We have some really cool Queen records. Um and obviously Freddie's voice, pretty good one if you're gonna be hearing it for the first time on that that weathered vinyl. I feel like Ooh. such a hipster. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean I mean we we got uh I mean we could go like Dark Side of the Moon or something like that just to to be super Super, super, like, like on the nose with what you'd expect. Right. Um, but, but no, we got plenty. We can listen to modern stuff. I got like guys like uh, Leon Bridges, um, who's 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 a stud kind of modern retro. If, if that oxymoron makes any sense, um, I think I'm familiar with that. Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges, really good. You should look him up. Might check it out. Really good. Cool. It's like it's like uh, Sam Cooke for the modern era. Who's Sam Cooke? Ah, oh. oh. Who's Sam Cooke? You heard me. Change gonna come? No. 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 Who's Sam Cooke? Let me Google while you ramble on. Let's talk about <laughs> national championship. Um, and, and here's something that I tweeted out that I that I feel like I have to defend just because the game went the way it went. Um, after Trevor Lawrence's first throw, um, after after Trevor Lawrence's first throw, I tweeted out that I would trade Joe Burrow a first-round pick and a second-round pick for Trevor Lawrence. Did you find out who Sam Cook is? Yes, he has an E at the end of his name, too, which is just weird, like silent E. Well, it's a name. Oh, yeah, I know. I- I'm aware. Uh, yeah, a lot like, older singer than I expected it to be. I thought it, I thought it was just like some 80s or 70s. This is like a dude from like the 50s. He's very influential. Exactly. He's I, Sam Cook, man. I need to I need to educate myself on some music history. Going back to to what I was saying, um, I would trade Joe Burrow a first round pick and a second round pick for Trevor Lawrence, even after watching Trevor Lawrence not be superhuman last night and Joe Burrow one hundred percent wearing a cape. Now let me explain myself why. When Joe Burrow was Trevor Lawrence's age, Joe Burrow wasn't even competing for the starting job at Ohio State. The reason that Joe Burrow left Ohio State is because he lost out on the competition to be the starting quarterback of Ohio State going into his redshirt junior year. 
which means even this upcoming offseason for Trevor Lawrence, Burrow still wasn't even in competition to be a starter. Joe Burrow is 23 years old. By the time Trevor Lawrence is that age, he will be just finishing up his second year as an NFL player. Trevor Lawrence, even though he didn't play as well last night as Joe Joe Burrow, I'm not sitting here pretending that he did, still has better raw tools. He's bigger. He's thicker with three C's. He's, he's got a stronger arm. He's a better runner, faster, and he already has a longer career as an elite college player than Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow's been at it a lot longer. The thing that people think is crazy is, oh my gosh, you, I might take Trevor Lawrence before Burrow, but, but I'm not giving up the picks. Listen, three months ago, four months ago, if I would have said, I will, I will give you Trevor Lawrence for Joe Burrow a first and a second, there's not a human on this planet that wouldn't have gone, that's a steal. Yeah, they'd think they were swindling me. They, uh, Yeah, give me Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow had one great season. One all-time season, right? I'm, I'm not selling him short at all. He, what he did this year is banana sandwich bonkers, bonanzas, uh, bizarre. It, it's it's every different B word you know. It was crazy. But it's still one year. It's one year. Single. Uno. One year. But here's here's the thing, right? Here's the, 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 the difference. The NFL doesn't care about your production in college. Now, I would argue that, that um, they should, right? Winning in college, I believe, translates to winning in the pros. But, but Trevor Lawrence has been on the mountaintop that Joe Burrow sits at now. This time last year, guess who was the one celebrating? Guess who was the one that everyone was going bonkers for? Guess who was the one that everybody wanted to interview? Guess who was the one that everybody wanted on the cover of their magazines? It wasn't Joe Burrow. It was Trevor Lawrence. He's already been on that mountaintop. They've now each been there once. So that's not necessarily an advantage for Joe Burrow, the fact that he did it more recent. I would say it's an advantage for Trevor Lawrence that he did it earlier in his career. I think it's more like a recency bias type thing, right? Where people are like, it, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow just happened, so people are quick to say, like, oh, this he had a better run than Trevor ever did. I'm going to make a prediction here. By the time Trevor Lawrence's career is up at Clemson, which will be at the end, this time next year, he will be going into the draft and being the number one pick. Um, he will have two national championships, and he will have lost one game in three years, and it will be against LSU last night. You think so? Like you think he'll go on another season? I think season he's twenty without... he's he's what, twenty-five and one right now. I think when he's done, he will be forty and one as a starting quarterback. Has that, th- has that ever happened before? Heck no. Because because let me tell me tell you this. He's not losing in the ACC. Point blank period. Sorry, ACC fans. I wish it were different, but it's not. It's Clemson, fifty feet of crap, everybody else. That, that's what the Atlantic Coast Conference is. So he's not losing there. So if he wins the semifinal in the championship, he's gone 40-1. and one. 
man. With two national championships. I would trade right now Joe Burrow and other assets to get Trevor Lawrence. Even after watching Joe Burrow be the best player on the field last night in a game that featured Trevor Lawrence. For all of those reasons. So 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 take everything into account. And this is one of those things where after I tweeted it, there were multiple people saying, ha, huh, guess you were wrong. Ha, huh, this is a bad take. Oh, why would you do that? And 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 I mean I could read you their names that I'm not going to. Um and my response is this wasn't a tweet about tonight. Right? This 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 wasn't a tweet about the national championship game. It was a tweet about 10 years from now, we'll compare which one of these two guys had the best career and, and decide if you would have traded Trevor Lawrence for, for Joe Burrow. And I'm willing to bet that just about all of us will objectively look back in the year 2030, 2035, and say, yeah, it would have been a steal. To give up Joe Burrow and a couple picks for Trevor Lawrence would have been a steal. I'm, wi- I'm willing to bet that. And uh, that's why I put it out there. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, there is one more thing we have to talk about when it comes to the college football playoff. And it's, it's, it's exemplified by what happened in the national championship game, even though on the surface it might say no. When you think about it, it says heck yes. Stick around. He's going to fight for your right to play ball. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show, talk of the New River Valley. I'm Tim Donnelly, producer Lobro, joining us here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. That's the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Speaking of uh, the Baker Team Hotline and the Baker Team, um, they do help present the Roth Report. On, uh, on Wednesdays, uh, tomorrow at 8, 8 a.m., we will be joined by uh, Bill Roth, a uh, longtime partner of, of Mike Burnup, the, the Virginia Broadcaster of the Year. So we'll probably get a good uh, Burnup story or two from, from Bill Roth in addition to reactions to uh, Hokie basketball, the national championship game, and everything else that comes along with uh, the sports taking over, the college sports taking over the area. Um, I feel like this is the appropriate time to talk about the college football playoff, right? Everyone's really amped. Everyone's really excited. Everyone's really riding high off of last night's game. So, so I feel like it is the, the appropriate time to point out that this would still be better with an eight-team playoff, right? On the surface level, what, what the, the four-team playoff has told us is an eight-team playoff wouldn't have changed anything. Right, LSU blew out Oklahoma, LSU blew out Clemson, so LSU probably would have blown out Utah in the first round or, or uh, Memphis or Georgia or whoever they drew in the first round. They were so good that they made the playoff irrelevant. And, right, that was the argument for the BCS. You can just look at, at, at college football and choose the best teams and be right most of the time. Uh, I would have guessed that Clemson would have blown out their first-round opponent. Ohio State would have blown out their first-round opponent. Uh, and, and whoever was the fourth semifinal team would have been, you know, whoever had a good game. So there's an argument saying the way that it's broken down is actually an argument against expanding the playoff. But I would negate that. I would push back against that 
by saying this. All right, everyone, pretend like I can see you. Raise your hand if you would have been upset watching Joe Burrow and that offense play an extra game. If you would have been bored watching Jefferson and Chase and Moss streaking all over the, the, the field, even if it was a game that, that LSU won by 30, would you be unentertained by watching that LSU team play another game? Would you have been unentertained? Would you have been bored watching Clemson play another game against top uh, competition that we don't get to see that often in the Atlantic Coast Conference? Would you have been not entertained by Ohio State and J.K. Dobbins and, and, and Justin Fields and, and Chase Young getting another opportunity to play on national television? Absolutely not. Just because there's good teams doesn't mean we don't want to see them play. The college football season culminated uh, with the college football 150, right? They, they announced the, the top 150 college football players of all time, and they, they ranged from Jim Thorpe and Paul Hornung from back in the 19-whatevers all the way up to uh, you know the names that we recognize, the Deion Sanders, the Tim Tebow's, the, the Barry Sanders, right? The, the all-time greats, the Herschel Walkers. Jim Brown being the greatest of all time as they announced it. Here's the thing. I was looking at the, uh, the list, right? They did the college football 150. I was looking at the list and reading the stats, right? This guy, this many yards, this guy, this many yards. And there were a whole bunch of them that started essentially one year or two years. Jim Brown had 2,000 yards rushing for his career. The Wisconsin running back this year had 2,000 this year alone. Barry Sanders sat behind Thurman Thomas for his freshman and sophomore year, and then his junior year turned in probably the greatest season in the history of being a running back in college. Four 300-yard rushing games. Heisman Trophy winner. Now, now we got one season of Barry Sanders at Oklahoma State. Who among us wouldn't do some things that we're not proud of to see Barry Sanders get one more game in college. That's what the, the, the extra game would give us. So, so in, a, in a season where there's great parity, in a season where there's six teams that could genuinely win the, the national championship, an eight-game playoff is, is the best-case scenario, right? We'd have awesome games all over the place, right? We, we'd feel gluttonous with our ability to take in awesome, delectable games. And in, and in years where there's an LSU, in years where there's a Barry Sanders, in years where there's a, a Alabama or um, uh, USC, the year they blew out Oklahoma in the championship, or Florida, the year they blew out Ohio State in the championship, in the years where there isn't all of that parity, there's great, 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 great top teams or top team. We get to see him one more time. We get to see them one more time. We get to see Joe Burrow drop back and dissect a defense one more time. We get to see Barry Sanders return a punt one more time. Who's this hurting? Eight-game playoff needs to happen. One more week of all-time great football? Oh, geez, twist my arm and make it happen. 
I, you're, you're not going to hear me sit here and complain that, oh, gosh, LSU is going to have to play Utah and they're going to blow them out. I'm going to be like, LSU gets to play again? I don't care if they're playing Radford High School or Blacksburg. I, I'm not picking on Radford or Christiansburg or Pulaski County. Name your high school. Stephen Decatur, the high school I went to. Let them beat up on any high school team. I'm going to watch. Because those types of talents don't come around that often. And next year when he's playing on the Bengals, Joe Burrow, he's not going to be as exciting right out the gate. Seems like a lot of the players that are really good in college, they don't translate you know, that quickly to pro. Well, well, I mean, the top of the draft, the way the draft is set up is the first draft picks go to the worst team. Right. So Joe Burrow is going to be up there surrounded by crap. And then, you know, hopefully three years from now, they, they build some things around him. But, but gosh, expand the playoff. Give me more. Give me more. Inject it into my veins. I'm an addict. Let's take a break. When we come back, Hokie Hour gets started right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. <laughs> 